Good morning from the strolling studio of No Fix Address. This is Josh here on Geocaching Scripture. I am trapped in my car and it is 9 to 6 a.m. So let's just all be quiet and slow about all the words and the noises and everything else. I have a question for you, or a statement for you, a maxim, a proverb that I've come across in my travels on the earth. It is better to show up on time than to show up with flowers. It is better to show up on time than to show up with flowers. Do you agree? Right? That's kind of what I've come across in, in my relationship with my wife, where uh, I find that, uh, you know... She has more appreciation for me being where I said I was going to be than um, showing up in some charming way when I want to. I am drinking coffee. Like I said, it's very early in the morning. Anyway, yeah, it's one of those things like you miss the forest for the trees, you know? Um, showing up on time is something that you said you would do. And showing up with flowers is something that you do to control the impression that you make. Right? Right? At least me. That's my experience. I don't know about anybody else. But um, I, you know, had a quite a bit of issue with chronic latehood um, in my young adult years and um, found that I could charm my way out of it if I showed up with flowers or something like that, or I could, got the impression I could charm my way out of it. But anyway, there comes a time when that doesn't work anymore. And uh, people just want you to be who you said you would be, and making some sacrifice to try to charm your way out of it doesn't work. I promise I'll tie that into things, and uh, we'll look today at a very strange practice in which, um, at the time of Jesus, the Pharisees assured themselves they were not breaking the law by following minuscule details that, in the end of the day, left out the big details. So, Geocaching. Geocaching is this rarefied sport hobby thing where you find these little geocaches, these uh, things that people have left, other nerds have left, and you as the current nerd go and find them. I have found them in parks, I have found them in hollow trees, I have found them in statues, and they're these fun little treasure hunts that you go on and there's never much in a geocache it's much more just saying that you did it but it makes something familiar into something sort of strange and treasure hunting again and that's been my experience with scripture as i get older that i find these little geocaches of language cultural situation history that help to beautify the word of god and help me to see the dimension that was there all along um, and it's fun to do it in the little tiny details, to look for tiny treasures in the big truth, to take a uh, swan dive into a shot glass, and the smaller the better. Little tiny places where we can look and see all the treasures that God has left for us in his well-woven and beautifully put-together word. So today I want to read a scripture for you, Matthew 23, verses 23 to 24. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, but neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. 
you blind guides straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. I always thought this was a weird passage of scripture, right? I remember asking my dad, who's also a pastor, um, many, many years ago, you know, did Jesus ever tell jokes? He always seems like he's so serious. And he said the gnat camel thing, it's kind of a joke. <laughs> so what it is, is um, they had a practice of straining wine and water uh, as before they drank it, like through a cloth to avoid ingesting a gnat, to avoid ingesting, ingesting any kind of bug. Now, this is the ancient world where they didn't have pasteurization, they didn't have refrigeration, they didn't have a lot of other things that um, make drinking anything um, safe as it is in our world, something that we take for granted, of course, like I'm going to drink my coffee right now. Um, But they would strain out these liquids to try to get gnats out of them because gnats were considered a creeping thing. A creeping thing. It was an unclean animal. They were not kosher. That's what Jesus is talking about here. So kosherizing was the way of uh, preparing your diet according to Israelite dietary laws. Um, kosherizing is something that's still done. Uh, I had a friend that... Um, was a, a rabbi, and he was a kosher, kosherizing uh, supervisor for um, being a butcher. So he lived here in the Midwest um, because this is where all the packing and the, and the slaughtering and all the farming and everything is done. And he kosherized animals, and he was very proud of it. It was fun to talk to him about it. He had... There's a whole way of bleeding the animals, of killing the animal, and everything else that kosherizes it and prepares it for um, Jewish consumption for those who are, are really observant Jews. And in Jesus' day, they were doing the same thing. But Jesus is talking about how they would strain water or something like that to get a bug out of it because the bug wasn't considered kosher, which is an absurd image, right? You're slowing down to do that, and Jesus says, you do that, and you're missing the point. You're missing justice. You're missing mercy. You're missing all these things that matter way more on a scale of things um, than straining out gnats. So you're straining out gnats while the poor people around you are dying, while the widows around you are suffering, while the voiceless around you are hurting, and while you're forgetting uh, your calling as God's people. So that's part of things, is, is you're showing up with flowers instead of showing up on time, right? You're missing the forest for the trees. Instead of doing a thing that is more important and takes more of you, you're doing uh, what you think is important and you're at a loss. So Jesus is kind of telling a joke here, and he's talking about mint and dill and cumin. This is the, are these little herbs that they would grow. And what the Pharisees in those days would do was they had these little tiny gardens, and they would cut, take a little tiny uh, knife, and just cut out a little part of the leaf that was considered the tithe part of that. And they're doing this, and the, the absurdity of the image is they're doing this while they are neglecting uh, the things that are more important and weightier that God told them to do. The point of this holiness and this being set aside and this uh, following these little laws is to be God's people. And to be God's people means to share God's love and mercy with the earth 
and with all the people of the world, which of course they're not doing because they're being exclusionary and they're focusing too much on what the small things. Another passage here, Matthew 9, verses 11 through 13. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When he heard it, he said, Those who are well who have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for it came to not call the righteous but sinners. So Jesus is quoting there, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. This is an Old Testament quote that um, always confused me at first. And one of the things, the themes you'll see throughout the Old Testament is that God doesn't want your sacrifices, he wants your heart, right? I desire mercy, I desire you to participate in my mercy to the world, I desire you to help the poor, to love those who are unlovable, all these other weightier things that God calls you to, and what they're doing, what they, our human tendency is, um, I'm not singling them out, our human tendency is to think they're going to buy their way into whatever doing whatever they, doing whatever they want um, by making sacrifices and things. And God says, I have enough cattle. I don't need that. I want you. Right? Right? How do we put that into our Christian context, you know? In this age of God's relationship with the earth, right? We, we can try to buy off God, apparently, by doing uh, going to church and tithing more or anything else like that. And then during the week, doing whatever we want or being hard on those who he has put in our lives, being awful to our spouses and our, our kids and that kind of thing when God says, that's where I want you, right? That's where I want you. That's where I want to see change, right? You can strain out all the gnats you want, but if you forget to be Christ to others, then you have entirely missed the point. Mercy takes all of you. It takes more of you than just being hyper-religious, quote-unquote. Coffee again, hold on. Right? It takes more of you to show up on time than to show up with flowers. You show up with flowers and you... You know, you make a big show for yourself. You show up on time and that's just a humble thing. That's just something that puts you to the side. And Jesus says, that's where the gold is. That's where the healing is. That's where the joy is. And if you swallow a few gnats on the way, then so be it. This is an especial temptation sometimes in ministry where, you know, I being in full-time ministry now, I can see how this could be an issue, right? Um, where I am neglecting the things that are more important that God has called me to, um, spending time with my kids, being present with my spouse, that kind of thing, um, and thinking, oh, you know what, I'll tip the scales by serving some extra time at church, right? And I will... Um, I'll just make God happy that way. And I would never think that consciously, but unconsciously I can see that at work. And it's not cool, um, because what he's called me to is harder. What he's called me to is has more dimension and takes more of me and takes more of putting myself to the side. And that's where the true freedom is.
So don't strain out gnats today. Don't show up with flowers today. Show up with yourself. That's what God wants. Pax Humana. Cheers.